0: Yes, good morning everyone. Nice to have you with us on the Big Sports Breakfast this Thursday, the 15th of no- uh, September, I should say. Gee, I'm getting ahead of myself. No, I'm not Jared Middleton. He's in uh, high demand yet again for the corporate function circuit. So it's Ryan Phelan in with you this morning. And what a time to be here. It really is a sports lover's paradise right now. But the regular team uh, is here with me. Good morning, Loz. Good morning, pup. Good to see you both. Feels How are up. you, buddy? Good to hear you both. Well, I feel like I'm a uh, substitute... Teacher in here, boys. <laughs> Don't say that, mate. We do not want a school teacher in here, no. mind you. Would you be? Would you have been the class clown, or would you have been the teacher's pet? Well, you know what? I'd like to think I was a good student. I'm not sure my mum and dad would agree.
1: No, I was not a good. student. Actually, an, I was a good student. I, I was a good student in terms of being well behaved. I was a well behaved yeah, student. Uh, I wasn't great at that part, but I wasn't good at the academic side. Yeah, I wasn't good at that. Of part going either. to school. Um, Which is probably what you needed to do. Seems par for the course <laughs> for a lot of really, doesn't You're know. meant to be a good student, yeah.
2: and you're meant to be an academic, half academic. Yeah, and I'm study none, hard. I'm yeah, none from no. two.
1: Yeah, no, I was that <laughs> kid. I, I was yeah. the kid that wanted to play all sports so I could yeah. get out of school work. You know. Yeah.
2: Well, so sorry it, to all the parents that are listening at 5.39, but <laughs> I used to think school got in the way of my sport. Yeah. So I went to school for recess and lunch. That was the best part of school. Yeah. And you know, still to this day, you know what I hate most about school? Homework. I don't understand. Like, my daughter brings homework. I'm like, hang on. You pay your school fees. Yeah, you got six
1: hours of yeah, school. Yeah,
2: give, give them as much schoolwork as you want, yeah. but you don't bring it home. Isn't that why you pay school fees? No one's paying me to be the teacher.
1: No, that's that's a good point. I, I could understand the schoolwork of my kids in primary school, but once they started to get to high school... That's when I started to lose the <laughs> pot a
0: little bit. And there you go, Michelle. <laughs> <Did> you? <laughs> <laughs> there, you go. there you go, Michelle. I'm busy. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Uh, well, yeah. I said it's a it's a sports lovers paradise at the moment with what's coming up. Not just you know today, tonight, and over the the coming weekend, but really the, the pinnacle of sport in the last 24 hours has been the debut of Foxy Cleopatra. Oh, Loz. Fox, She was on a horse. No,
1: I was happy with her yesterday. Well, I told everybody I thought it was she was an each way go. Um, We were just looking for her to to run on and she did that. Looking for further, obviously, but no, Trent was very happy with the T-bus. So we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. We'll probably step her up in distance. Um, But for her first start, um, feels her. I thought she was very, very good. Yeah. Very I've got to good.
0: say, you know, I listen to the show every day, and and when you were talking her up as an Oaks filly, I was like, oh, go easy, Loz. I mean, there's a lot of water to go under the bridge. But I've got to say, to the eye, yesterday, she does have that kind of makeup that looks every inch of staying filly. So there's something to be excited about there for sure. I yeah. Reckon. Well,
1: uh, Trina said from day one, the further the better, and we just had to kick her off somewhere, obviously, and. Mm. Um, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting waiting for four years. (laughs) (laughs) No, but she finally ran yesterday, but it was, it was good. And and, yeah, a bit of, were you screaming at the TV? Um, I was, I was, you know what I was most happy about Clarkie that she didn't run like a lemon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would yeah, have been, particularly horrified. when there's expectation. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I've let especially it. after yeah. what <laughs> ever had. No, no one more so than himself has screwed her. So I was screaming. And it was tongue in cheek stuff too, but no, I, actually, I was very, very mm. happy with the way she ran yesterday. And well, one thing I know um, feels like, after watching her yesterday, and she may not win on a Saturday, she may not win on a Wednesday, but I think she could win a race somewhere. Mm. Definitely. So you can win a race somewhere.
0: It's exciting. And I always say to people that wonder whether, and Clarky, welcome um, yeah. officially <laughs> no, to the, the ownership brigade. But oh whether you own 100%, whether yeah, no, you own 5%, it's the exact same elation that you feel yeah. on race day. And it's just such a great thing to be a part of. Yeah, so I'm, I'm happy that oh. both of you are involved. It's yeah. great. And, and you've got two really nice horses. I get that nervous. I, I, think, I think it's
2: like I need to be on my own when I'm watching yeah. a pretty wild because I'm up Yelling at the TV and carrying on. Yeah. And I didn't think I'd be like that. But I was saying to Loz, uh, you, I get that same nervous feeling that I used to get before a game mm. where, like, the anticipation, the excitement, mm. but then the the fear of it, you know, not running well. And, again, I'm, she's only had three yeah. races. But I, I remember that watching the second race with my best mate, and he was looking at me going, who also is part owner, he's looking at me going, mate. C- calm down It's not the World oh. Cup final But yep. to me it was like Yeah The adrenaline rush yeah. Like and you're cheering so hard
1: I've had a couple of horses And they've all sort of Reached different levels mm. So to speak You know And the the highlight for me Was we won Uh, with a horse called Emmeline on uh, Oak State. I recall the horse. Gucci Gucci State. Used to
0: race in the orange and black checks. Yeah, Liam Birchley uh, (laughs) colours.
1: And um, anyhow, we won in front of 80,000 people. So that was a massive thrill. But then I was in in that horse too, wasn't he? Yeah, Darrell was in the horse. Uh, Ricky was in the horse. Um, A few other uh, people were in it as well. Just all good good baits. But then I've had other horses that just can't get to the track Mm -hmm. or they're running at places you've never heard of and not winning. <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's all good fun. And when oh. you're in with a group of mates and in with yeah. a group of people, you know, when you go to the races and if you're lucky enough to win, wherever you win, doesn't matter wherever you win, it's fun.
2: I'm yeah. trying to find out what part of the world Pretty Wild's in. I can't find her
1: at the moment. She might be just spelling still, <laughs> mate. She'll be back that's training soon. Just want to
2: know she's, you know, she's doing okay. She's yeah.
1: alive.
0: She's doing okay. <laughs> <That's> that.
1: <laughs> you just got to be careful with young ones, though, don't you? As you, you do know Phil, you got to you got to be yeah.
0: patient. Hey, look, obviously we're very excited about the countdown to the NRL finals this weekend. Uh, the Parramatta Eels taking on the Raiders on Friday night, and then the Cronulla Sharks taking on South. What about this news? Have, have you caught the petition? That's currently underway from South Sydney fans to to allow Thomas Burgess to play in the finals, you know, Um, and this shouldn't be surprising. It was interesting the the fact that he's copped that suspension and this is on the back of the NRL's decision to let Talon May serve his suspension next season. Peter Valandy said it was all about the fans, but I think this proves that it doesn't pass the pub test yeah, with fans. What was your reaction when you saw that the the Souths faithful are, are, are starting a petition yeah. to get Thomas to play?
2: I think it's smart by the Rabbitohs fans, and and, and I think the NRL have to understand it as well. That they've shot themselves in the foot, and we said it at the time. Like, why is every player that gets suspended not doing not doing the not chasing the same thing? Like mm. it's it, it's a no-brainer. I'm not surprised. It was always going to happen, and I feel like again the NRL, it, 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 that decision was was laughable. Mm. Well, yeah, and, I,
0: and and their excuse and their reason. And there was even the Please. other one with um, Jared Weir Hargreaves that he can serve his suspension from the match the other week, where I think there's a match that one, <laughs> against that an English Premier League side, and then, yeah, that, that's different it, because. Um, at least he's serving match it, time. Yeah, he, yeah. serving match time. and In he's playing for his country at yeah, te- cup But the
1: teams and, that and he's serving it against, yes, yeah, it's yes, like
2: yeah. War, it's not sorry, it's not not a disrespect to any other any country, but it's not a top ranked. Like you would imagine, that would still win without him playing. But it's no, still no, a suspension exactly right. with an asterisk. Well, yeah. there is a suspension yeah, agree, with an asterisk, but it
1: happened with Victor Radley this year with Origin. I think it was Victor Radley this year, where he would have been selected for Origin. So because he would have been selected for origin, he was able to serve one week off his yeah, suspension yeah. through missing that origin game. And that's always been there. There's uh, Not so much that rule has been there for origin, but if you've been suspended at the end of the season, the following year you've been able to use in the past trial matches, for instance, as games taken off your suspension. Um, and I think they spoke about it this year after... The All-Stars game as well. Possibly using All-Stars game as a week off Mm. your suspension as well. Because that is a representative game. All-Stars I get. Trial games I don't. No, trial games I don't. But with the um, World Cup, I I understand that. And you
2: don't don't choose who you play in the World Cup. No. It could have been Australia, England, and you obviously have to serve the suspension for those games. I'd rather still see that than what we we saw with May.
1: Yeah. That's yeah, Yeah, the, the Taylor May one, I think everyone's just shaking their head going, how do you Doesn't make it, does a suspension? does not make sense at all. You, you've got the possibility of playing 10 games before you serve that suspension. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think everyone would have been happy with a one-game suspension or a bigger fine yeah. or no suspension. Surely I think can't they can't would have handled a little 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 no suspension loss. better than getting a two-week suspension, but you do it next year. Surely,
2: mm. South can't get this over. No, there no, like no, they won't. Get as it much too. as we all get it and say we don't blame them, yeah. surely the NRL is not going to allow.
1: No, I think this is just tongue in cheek from the South Sydney supporters. Yeah, yeah. but but they'll miss him because he's been very good for them. Tom Burgess.
0: It was interesting to see um, yesterday, Clarkey. They mentioned the T uh, Twenty squads for the the tour of India, three matches over there, yeah. and um, obviously some key players not. Going over there, uh, Marsh, Stornis and Stark. That means Sean Abbott, Nathan Ellison, Daniel Sams um, come in. Tim David. Mm. Tim David. Now, I, I had to do a bit of a Google search. Hear that name. Yeah. About Tim David, who's been called in. And I thought it was obviously an interesting selection. It's a a guy that was cut from the, the WA squad. Um, he was used as a replacement player with the Scorchers. Um, he's been given an opportunity playing in Singapore. Um, at the moment, he's, you know, looking at pictures of him. He's a, he's a big boy and a yeah. big hitter. Mm. But just an interesting selection. You wouldn't think that's a view to him potentially being in the, the World Cup squad. You wouldn't have thought.
2: Well, I, look, I, Mitchell Stark needed to Google search him as well. He never met him. I listened to Starky speak yesterday at the, the, might have been the Fox launch or the, the launch of Australia's new new outfit, new strip for the World Cup. Um I don't know anything about Tim David, to be honest. I've, I've seen a handful of games um, that he's played in the IPL. I, I know he's a big, strong boy, smacks it out of the park. Um, yeah, I, I just think if Australia if Australia wants him in and around that 2020 group, then they've got to let him play. They've got to pick him. They've got to get him on the field. They've got to work out what positions are going to bat in. Um the other thing as well, no disrespect to any of the, any of the domestic competitions around the world, but generally you're only allowed a certain amount of overseas players. Mm. So IPL, for example, you're only allowed four overseas players, four international players. So majority of the other players are Indian domestic cricketers. So there's a big gap between you know smacking them out of the, the quality, park yeah. in Indian pitch on Indian pitches versus playing international cricket at something like a World Cup. For example, I, I think that's um, th- there's a big gap there, but yeah, it seems like the Aussies are, are, are certainly looking at it um, for short form cricket. Um, yeah, I'd like to think he's got to do a bit more before he's he's picked in that Australian eleven, but he's he's getting spoken about a lot. Um, I've heard Glenn Maxwell, who's quite a big hitter as well. Maxie reckons he, he hits it as far and as hard as anyone. So, um, yeah, he's in and around. He's obviously on the selectors' minds and I would imagine it's, you know, right now solely for 2020 cricket, um, with the, you know, the potential to, to play one day cricket. Mm. And if he's good Mm. enough, go and play test cricket. But I haven't seen enough of him, um, you know, two. Well, we to were talking before
1: uh, in the break uh, about him, but we also were talking about David Warner how he came. How he started, yeah. Yeah. also was, and I remember at the time too, people were just sort of saying, "Oh, Warner, he's just a, a slogger, twenty twenty two, 2020, 2020 Slugger. Yeah. Will, will suit him? There's no yeah. way in the world he'll play Test matches." And he's gone on and had a, yeah. a wonderful. Career. Oh, I don't
2: think you can ever write anybody off. And again, to me, I know there's three different formats, but you know the thing with twenty twenty cricket. It, to be able to smack the ball out of the park, you've got a good eye and you've got something good with your technique. He's obviously got a beautiful swing as well. And he's a big boy, so he's strong. So yeah. the key for him to go to play, you know, test cricket, for example, or more one-day cricket and Fort Sheffield Shield cricket, is just to work on that technique. Shot selection so important. Use your power when you need it. But the key is setting up your foundation, your innings. And that's where Davy Warner, through playing, you know, domestic cricket, Uh, Sheffield Shield cricket, he was able to build a
0: really solid base, but still keep his aggression. Looking at the Daily Telegraph, Paul Crawley writes about uh, a fresh chapter in the feud to be written in Ricky Stewart's decade-old rivalry with the Eels, um, in particular involving Brad Arthur, uh, where Ricky Stewart was, I guess, involved in, in his departure from the club So, Loz, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, it's a a real grudge match, this one, Parramatta and and Canberra, regardless on on Friday night for the NRL finals. But it really does add an extra dimension to it, doesn't it? Um, Ricky Stewart and I guess his uh, short and troubled tenure at the club.
1: Yeah, well, it didn't end well there for Ricky. Um, There was a lot of things working against him at the time. There was instability at the board. uh, Wanted to make changes. He didn't feel like he had... Uh, A lot of support. And and he still had two years on his contract. Yeah, and he had the option of um, staying, but also the Raiders at that time were looking for a coach after uh, Dave Ferner uh, left. And then, Ricky, that fit was always going to be a good one for Canberra. And also Ricky himself, where he felt as though he would have had all the support in the world. And as it's turned out, he's got that down there and he's built a a strong squad. But Brad Arthur's a wonderful coach. I, I think he's done a tremendous job with Parramatta, taking over in that environment, building this squad to be more than competitive and up there, ready to challenge for a grand final. The big thing for Brad now is to get them to that next stage. It's to get them to the prelim, get them to a grand final. And this is a great opportunity for him. You know, take you on a Canberra Raiders side They're playing at home They're playing in good form Although they didn't play their best last weekend The Raiders have a bit of momentum They're on the other side of the draw now After be- being beaten by Penrith in week one So if they win this game They have to go to the Cowboys uh, and, and, and play them in Townsville uh, I think that's a, an easier road Than having to play Penrith In a mm. prelim final So it's there for Parramatta If they're good enough And Brad Arthur His big challenge is now to get them to that prelim or get them to a grand final. Otherwise, the question will always remain, Brad's done a good job, but can he take us to where we need to be and win a premiership?
2: This article is another, let's build more tension. Let's build more Mm. rivalry. Mm. Like, it's so long ago. Brad Arthur couldn't care less. Ricky Stewart couldn't care less. Like, it's so – and I don't think either club could either. But this, again, build that rivalry – you know, make us look forward to the game more. Add some more spice. So, yeah, it's great, mm. great, great for the game. But the two coaches, mate, they don't care. It'd, just be want lo- to win. it'd be, it's, and that's the other thing when I people go, oh, you know, oh, this is gonna, you know, this is gonna add to, you know, Ricky's gonna be fired up, mate. Of course, he's gonna be fired up anyway. This is, you know, you win or goodbye. You're on the couch. You know, of yeah. course, there's, and if you need to build emotional attachment or make it personal to get the best out of yourself, mate, go for your life. Mm.
1: Mm. The story on the back page today is that he's only got a 22% winning record, Brad Arthur. Mm. You know what? It doesn't matter. Tomorrow. (laughs) If he wins, that's better than having the 22% winning record, let me tell you, because you're through to a prelim final.
2: I reckon Brad's handled this week, or last couple of weeks, really good as well. Like, he's been very honest in the media saying, yeah, we like we we know. We know that we haven't, Got to the level that we should be getting to. We know that we are ready now. Yeah. We've got the right team, and we know there's extra pressure and expectation. See, yeah. I reckon Mitchell Moses, the other one, I reckon he's handled it brilliantly. He is. He is copped through his career so much criticism, not being able to handle pressure, not being able to take the team to the bit. Be- he's been open, and said, "Mate, I'm here. Bring it on. I don't shy away from it." And yeah, we are good enough to win. I think those two, in regards mm. to you know senior player. Um, and coach Mm. I actually think they have fronted the
0: expectation really well love this headline in the Sydney Morning Herald Will Pekofsky scores 193 not out on a return look this is just such a wonderful story after what this young man has been through Um, as I mentioned 193 before retiring playing for a Victorian second 11 Um, that was against a New South Wales bowling attack that had Trent Copeland so he knocked up 193 over two days. So that's 405 balls he faced over 682 minutes. Clarkie. Yeah,
2: right. I'm amazing. And a brilliant story as well. I don't, I don't care who he's playing against right now. The fact he's batting for that amount of time, he's out in the middle, I think is an awesome sign. This kid's a very, very good player. We just need him now to stay on the park. Um, and even, you know, if he does get hit, Everyone, like, I want him to if he because it's going to happen. He's going people are going to bowl short to him. He's going to get hit in the helmet or the body. You know, I just want to see him. If that happens, he's still okay to keep. Because that's what that number said to me. It said mental strength, man. And he's so gifted. Hmm. This guy is a top order batter in all three formats of the game. He's got the potential to be a future leader for Australia. The key now is for him staying on the park. So, what a start. And I know it's pre season or you're prepping for the summer and it's, it's against the second 11 attack. But right now, doesn't matter who it is. The amount of confidence he'll take from that. Mm. You know, he'll be, come game one of this season, he'll be ready to rock. And I think he's probably going to need a, a full season of first class cricket to then take that next step and get back in that Australian team but yeah what an awesome story um, love seeing him back out on the field and can't wait to see him have a cracker season
0: yeah need to mention also that Ange Postacoglu and his Celtic were in action this morning in the Champions League um, they were up 1-0 uh, after 10 minutes with an own goal against Shattar Donetsk, but then they were able to level it finished at one all. so they've had a A a tough loss in in the opening round to, who was it, Real Madrid, wasn't it? Um, And now they've they've had a one-all draw. So still winless through their Champions League campaign, but a a much better effort there uh, for Celtic this morning. A big show coming up today. Really looking forward to this, of course. Steve Blocker-Roach, as he always does on a Thursday, is joining us. And Shane Crawford as well. Josh Reynolds is joining us just after 6 o'clock. Wasn't that just terrific news hearing this week that Josh is signed on a a, a training deal. I, look, you know, I don't think he's going to be earning much cash doing that, but it's a glimmer of hope that he returns to the NRL. Yeah, train and trial, and I think Josh is
1: happy with that. He just wants an opportunity to show the Bulldogs what he's, what he's got, yeah. uh, and if he can prove himself in pre-season, then there will be a contract there waiting for him.
0: Yeah, looking forward to talking to him about that. Paul Gower's going to join us to talk golf. Adam Pangeli from the Sydney Morning Herald. Tom Starling, uh, Raiders hooker, will join us to talk about the big match against Parramatta on Friday night. Brad Davidson as well. And, yep, the Bledisloe Cup kicks off tonight. Australia take on New Zealand at Marvel Stadium in Melbourne. And Matt Burke will join us. Um, Quite poignant that Burke will join us because the last time Australia won the Bledisloe Cup, which was in 2002, Burke was in that side. So that just goes to Still show. Have a story for us. worry yeah. about that. Heyday. It goes <laughs> to show how long it's been between drinks uh, for the Aussies to get it done over New Zealand. Hopefully, uh, we can get it off to a good start tonight in that two-match series in the Blood is Low Cup before it goes to New Zealand in the following game. It is the Big Sports Breakfast this Thursday, and just updating some scores in the Champions League. I mentioned Celtic, uh, Ange Postacoglu's Celtic. Drawing one apiece with Shakhtar Donetsk this morning, uh, AC Milan in that completed match against Dinamo Zagreb uh, three one they were winners as well. A couple of teams of interest: Manchester City up against Borussia Dortmund that is currently nil all. Real Madrid against Leipzig as well nil all. Now Chelsea they're up one nil against Salzburg. And um, Raheem Sterling was the goal scorer there in the 48th minute. So we'll keep you abreast of those scores this morning in the Champions League. And there's great live sport on later tonight, of course, with the Wallabies taking on the All Blacks in the first leg of the Bledisloe Cup. Looking forward to that. And don't forget the boxing's on tonight as well. Paul Gallen taking on not one, but two fighters tonight. Justin Hodges and also Ben Hannant, um, Gull is a dollar fifteen against Justin Hodges six dollars and a dollar four against Ben Hannett ten dollars, but he still doesn't know who he's fighting first. <laughs> it's, I mean, look, you know, you, you're going to get differing opinions on. Why care is that factor, a, Why is that a secret?
2: Why, why? I don't understand. Surely, you, if you're uh, Hodjo or Hannett, you want to go second. Because you want him to be at least a little fatigued yeah. when you're in the ring with Paul Gallen, but what, why can't they? tell? I don't understand what the secret is. It's he's got to fight them both anyway.
1: Yeah, I, I suppose put a little try and put a little bit of more doubt in Gal's mind. I suppose, but yeah, I, I'd want to fight Gal second. I don't think I'd want to be out there <laughs> when he's fresh. Him on f- fresh. I mean, I know there's a million dollar bounty there as well, but surely Hodjo's got to go a better, first. You're a better chance of winning second rather than going. First against him. Well, who do you
0: think Gal would want to face first? I mean, records. Hodjo for sure, because records, of the beef. Yeah. Well, records would suggest that Hannant might be, and the betting would suggest that Hannant might be the easier opponent to overcome for Galen. Hodjo would have the better punch. Yeah. Hodjo would have the harder punch. That, that, that's
1: the only thing that Gal has to worry about, which I, it won't happen, but if, if a miracle did happen, I reckon Hodjo's got a punch that may be able to hurt Gal. Mm. Um, And and that's the only way Gal gets beaten. He's just a haymaker from Hojo and a hail and it just lands straight on his chin. But Gal, I'm telling you, is as tough as I've seen anyone. Mm. Mate, he's fired up as well. That press conference, was it yesterday or the day before?
2: Run at me. Got personal, didn't (laughs) they, mate? Run at me.
3: Run at me. Yeah. Well, they were talking more about their rugby league careers than their boxing (laughs) This (laughs) is what I was thinking
2: of, mate. Sure. And Gal said it as well on – I can't remember the – um, it was on Fox last night. He was the three of them were were being interviewed, and get, um, Ben Hannett was talking about uh, preparation and his experience on the footy field. And Gal made it very clear. He goes, "Mate, getting in the ring is nothing like." Stepping out on a, on a rugby league field. Mm. Very different. Yet you hear him at the press conference, and it was like, as you said, Losh, yeah, get up, run at me. Oh, <laughs> we belted Queensland, or you played with the best team, or whatever. It was all footy talk.
1: Yeah. Oh, I know.
2: Funny until Gal went personal. And mm. then I was like, oh, because, again, you could see he flicked that switch. Yeah, he got yeah. angry. yeah, And yep. said, what do you
0: say to Hodjo? Say, make sure you say goodnight <laughs> to your kids <laughs> oh. before you come to the flight. Yeah, oh. you, don't, you don't want to hear that. But anyway, right. we'll uh, we'll wrap that up on the show tomorrow. Well, one of our regular guests, and, well, we can also call him a co-host on the Big Sports Breakfast, Josh Reynolds, had some great news this week that he's got a, tri- a train and trial deal with the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. Uh, Mido mentioned that on the show yesterday and josh joins us on the show this morning g'day josh and look congratulations mate this must be very exciting news that you could be uh pulling on those colors once again for your beloved canterbury bankstown bulldogs
3: yeah hey mate how's you going boys um yeah look mate it was um it, it was a great chat i had a great chat with cam um he seems like a really really uh really nice guy um to, to start but uh, seems like he really knows exactly the the direction the club needs to go in and um, yeah I suppose I just told him exactly you know what what I want to do and uh, just went over a few things um, for myself and yeah he was sort of said to me um, needs some you know a couple of older heads around the club and yeah for myself I just it's, it, it is mate, it is a dream come true I'm not gonna lie if if you said to me you know at, at the start of my career that I was going to you know eventually end up back at the dogs um, hopefully uh, if if this training trial goes well um, yeah you couldn't really read about it so i'm over the moon and i'm really excited for you know, for, for the challenge ahead.
2: Yeah, good on you, Joshy, And, uh, mate, there wouldn't be anybody out there that's not happy for you, mate. You, you deserve a crack, and uh, I know you'll grab it with both hands. And, and I guess, you know, you, you've been training on your own and, you know, sitting a little bit in the wilderness, hoping that you're going to get an opportunity, but the unknown being out there... Is there a lot of relief in this, mate? And does this, or will this, inspire you now to go? You know what? I actually do have a reason to train hard and get out of bed and and push myself again because it's it's certainly that love and passion still there. You can hear it in your voice every single day, and especially when it comes to the dogs. But now, training wise, everyone knows how hard that graft is. But now you've got a reason to get stuck in.
3: Yeah, hundred percent, Clark. It's um, I was sort of in that period of not sure exactly what was yeah. going to happen and. Yeah. But at the same time, I still wanted to, to keep rolling and and not getting that I suppose comfy zone. You know, I I already had plenty of time off, uh, as you boys know. I, I had a nice little trip around lovely Europe, and um, but at, at the same time, though, boys, I, I had a lot of time to think, and a lot of a lot of I think a lot of ex players have actually reached out to me and sort of said, you know, you're retired for a very long time, and it really sunk in with me. I I sort of I was 50-50, 50/50, fifty. I'm not going to lie. Um, the only club I really did want to come back to was the Dogs it just didn't really feel right to go anywhere else for me mm-hmm. um, and to get this opportunity um, as you said Clarky, it just yeah it, I, I wake up every morning now w- with a with a vision I, I wake up every morning knowing that you know I've got to get there on on the 7th of November and be ready to go uh, like I have every other pre-season um, it's it's quite easy uh, in my head to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to throw that you know, that Bulldogs shirt back on at training and, and it's, everyone's going to be happy and this and that. But at the same time, it's going to be a very, very grueling pre-season and I've, got, and I've got to get my head around that. But I'm really excited at the same time uh, to be back there and I really just want to have an impact in, in any way I can.
1: You're excited, but the fans will be excited. I actually dropped Josh off at a cafe in Belmore
3: uh,
1: on Tuesday. It was like Elvis Presley. (laughs) 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 Mate, Joshy, Joshy, Joshy! They're all over you. Mate, no wonder you wanted to get dropped off at that, George. (laughs) (laughs) I
3: I actually told him I was coming and told him to come out the front of the cafe. (laughs)
0: They
3: actually wanted you to come in, lads. They were like, after after the one second of MCM, they were like, was that Laurie? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it was. And yeah, they weren't happy, mate. A bit often they didn't come in. So.
1: Uh, yeah. hey, uh, mate, when you uh, spoke to Cam Ceraldo, did he give you an indication of, you know, if it went further and they were happy with you after this train and trial, uh, what type of role you, you'll play? Would it be that role off the bench? Would it be a, possibly a position in the starting 13
3: or did you not get that far down the track? To be completely honest, Loz, we didn't really um, get that far, but we did speak about obviously um, if the train and trial went well to, you know, hopefully get into that top 30. Um, That's the reason I'm I'm definitely doing this train and trial. I don't just want to be there to to make up the numbers. Um, I've got, you know, I've got a vision in my head that, you know, I want to get into that top 30 and yeah, um, I for me, Loz, to be completely honest, whatever Cam wanted me to do, I would do. Yeah. And I know a lot of people say that, yeah. but at this point in my career, I just want to help the team and the club out as much as possible. It's not about me being the super, the superstar or you know, you know me. Obviously, I want to be pushing for for a spot in that team. But honestly, if if he told me to, you know, play in the forwards or play play wherever, and he thought I could do a role, and I thought I could do a role, I'd do it. <laughs>
2: Joshie, do you not look at what Benji Marshall did at uh, the end of his career with Souths? Even see Wendell that... Saylor with mm-hmm. and, yeah, the Dragons. Yeah, and way. especially for you as well, because you've played so many different positions. To me, it's just a no-brainer. If, if you're not number six, then you're number 14, and you can play any role. Is that not something that, you know, I think when you look at, it at, at an example, Benji's done it a couple of years
3: ago. Yeah, Clarkie, Benji was great. Obviously, I was around the Tigers at that time, yeah. and... He was he, he had the pretty much the exact same attitude as I've got now you know he, he got thrown on it in the centers in one game he got thrown on at 13 in one game but he was just at that stage where he knew he knew exactly what to do in any position and he worked hard at that though you know he yeah it, it is it is a bit tough when you don't exactly know where you're going to be but mm. at the same time that's a the, the you know the predicament you're in that's the role you got to do and for me um, you know at the start of my career Clarkie I was I was a 14 yeah. pretty much you know I I was playing a bit of everywhere, I played 13, nine, seven, six. and so for me, it's, it's not foreign for me to, to pop up anywhere, um, it doesn't really daunt me, you know, whereas a lot of guys will, you know, they get comfortable in their position and to be honest, they're probably really, really good and uh, don't really have to go out of their positional, I suppose, um, guidelines but for me... Yeah, I'm happy to play anywhere, and mm. and I'll be you know telling telling Cam that when I get there. But he'll make that decision, mate. It's he's the coach, um, and uh, and you know I've I've heard really really good uh, reports about that. He's a really really good coach, and you know I, I wouldn't think that Penrith would be going so well, even though Ivan's really good out there. Mm. Um, Cam would have a very very big input on that, um, especially with their with their halves. So yeah, mate, I'm re- I'm really excited. Uh, mm. As I said, he seems like a really um, a really driven guy with with his own. He obviously he, one thing he did say to me that you know I really did like was he's going to bring back a lot of um, the ex Bulldogs and try and get the Bulldogs back into the club, but at the same time he wants to make you know the two thousand and twenty three Bulldogs and what we what they're about. So yeah, it was some really it was a really good chat actually, mate. I, I got a lot out of it.
2: Yeah, unreal. What about this game Friday night, buddy? Eels versus the Raiders. How important is Mitchell Moses? to this Parramatta team? Does he need to play?
3: Well, as Loz would say, he reckons Canberra are absolutely no choice. (laughs) (laughs) Everything (laughs) against us on (laughs) fire. reverse mock. It's not what I heard him
2: telling Ricky last night, let me tell you. Everything
3: (laughs) I I read is Canberra, this, Canberra, that. But Loz, no, no good, mate. No good. Uh, But sorry, Clark, can answer your question, mate. If Mitch Moses doesn't play, Para absolutely no chance. Yeah, okay. Yeah, honestly, he's and and that's no offence to whoever comes in. Yeah, but Mitch Moses for that team, it's just the good. The good thing about Para is when they're on, they play really good field position, and that's on the back of Mitch Moses' kicking game. He's got a very high, long, deep kick, and me and Laws have actually spoken about it before when I think the best way for Para to play is. You know, they got to, they got to win the middle. That, that's that's common knowledge at the moment with Canberra. you got to beat them up the middle. But they they can't keep falling into these, you know, set plays all the time. Their, their, their best footy is when they're offloading. And I think if they go in with that mindset, if if Campbell Gillard and Paulo start extremely well like that, like they have been, but they play that sort of second-phase footy, I think that's where, you know, you've got to beat Canberra. Because, you know, I heard... Um, I think it was Corey were and Ira. Yes, they come out and say, "No one wants the only the reason we wanted to make the scenes was because no one wants to play us," and it's true because you just don't know the style that Canberra are going to come up with. They can go set for set for set with you, but then at the same time, when they pull the trigger, they 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 throw offloads out of anywhere, and you know they've got some real speedsters out the back with Savage and and Rapana. So it's going to be a close one. But if Mitchell doesn't play Clarky, I, I actually think they're no chance.
1: Um. As a half, Josh, when you look at both forward packs, if you had a choice, which one would you prefer
3: to play beyond? behind? Jeez, it's a tough question, Lads, because they're both they're both probably you know up there at, at least in the top three packs in the game. But I'm going to have to say when Para are on and they're being aggressive yep. and they're being bullies, I, I honestly feel they bully teams sometimes. Um, Campbell Gillard, he, he flies out of the line, and then you got you know the likes of of Madison who really. I suppose brings that pass into their pack. You know, he, he punches through the line, but he's the one who's playing a lot of their their their, their plays through the forwards. And then you got little. I love little Reed Mahoney. He's um he's in everyone's face. I, I think he's got I a bit of you had, about him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's, <laughs> it's funny. My mum said it the other day. She goes, she's watching like a replay. She goes. Oh, you always used to do that, <laughs> and he was just—he was just into someone. And I said, "Yeah, well, that's what you got to do sometimes." I mean, you're only two foot tall, but yeah, I, I honestly think he's a—he's a massive part of this Parramatta attack. And last week against the Panthers, he set up their first try. And you know, you—I suppose as as a, an, as another team, you got Dylan Brown and Mitch Moses, and you've got to, you got to—you really got to look at them. You got to focus on them because they're a massive part of their attack. But I wouldn't be resting on Reed because he's. Um, he gets their forwards rolling and on the front foot. So, yeah, it's going to be a good game either mm. way, boys.
0: And, Grubby, what about the other game on Saturday night? The Sharks-Outsiders against Souths 210, South Sydney $1.75. How How'd you see that one?
3: Yeah, it's, it, they're close games. They're going to be crackers either way. Um, I'm really excited to watch them. But I just think for me, and, you know, this is probably quite quite obvious, but it just depends on Luttrell and Cody for, for South to win. For me, for me, if I was going to pick, I actually think the Sharks will win. But South, I mean, sorry, Cronulla have got to do what Penner has done to to trail a few weeks ago, and just not let him play. You just got to get him into a corner, not let him out. Um, we we've, we've spoken about, I've spoken about it on the show before. South haven't got you know their back five coming out of trouble isn't isn't there you know isn't the best thing for them. So if if, if Cronulla can put them deep in their own half, defend well, um, I think they can, you know, come away with the win. But then, if Luchero decides to turn it up and, and Cody are, are in that form that they have been in the last game, they are very, very hard to stop. So, another big, another big thing for me is Cam Murray. Um, he was, he was unbelievable last week. I think that's where they, you know, they, they missed it against the Chooks that, that first week. They missed him. So, Yeah, him through the middle, poking his nose through uh, Mm. is another massive thing. It's going to be an interesting game, that one, Grubby,
1: just with the fact that both teams had massive workloads Mm. in their game. Like, that game on Sunday was very physical. Mm. And, you know, to get back up again, that'll be an issue, Um, even though Mm. it's another semi-final. But Mm. the amount of effort that goes in uh, mentally and physically, it would have been uh, tough for them to... Get themselves up to that level again this weekend, and then you've got the Sharks on Saturday night. What to go for? Ninety-three, 93 minutes. Yeah, mm. yeah. That, that's a long game of football, and that would take you a long time to recover. So, which team do you reckon, without knowing the ins and outs, do you think will re- recover the better? Because I think that'll be a massive difference. The team that recovers the best will. Well, well, just on fitter. that, can, can,
0: you have a we'll light, can you have a light week when it's finals time? Well, I asked
1: Cookie this yesterday, and, and Grubby, you'd, you'd know this. Sometimes when you have a light week, you start slow. Mm. And, and I don't know why, and coaches scratch their heads sometimes. So you're sort of in this predicament that your team's had a hard week. So you go, oh, well, I'll ease up on them this week. And then they start slow, and you second-guess yourself going, why'd I do that? Yeah. Probably should have just kept them up kept them going but you know at some point you've got to be very careful with how you handle the week but cookie said yesterday they had four or five days where they recovered and then they've got one day where they had a bit of a blowout and they've high shot, intensity yeah, for they short period session, didn't they? Yeah. and i think you need that blowout yeah. to get your lungs ready for what's about to, to happen yep. because i think if you just rest 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 I, I reckon you start slow and then you put yourself at risk of mm you know, being behind the eight ball to start with and you can't
3: get yourself back into
0: the game. What do you think, Robbie?
3: Yeah, and the start, if anything, the start's massive in these semis. They're huge because if you get the jump on someone early, you can, you know, you can, you can control the game. And I, I I think, Loz, to answer your first question, I, I think South would be a bit more battered than, than the Sharks just because, mate, that game was brutal. They were going after each other. You know, it was, as we've seen, it was a... I don't know what, what can we call that game an absolute circus, <laughs> <laughs> but it was yeah it was brutal. Um, a couple
2: of them would be fresh just sat in the sin bin. Played after game. Old they He played, yeah. the yeah. yeah, played six.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but then but then the sharks have they, they had a bit of a different game, didn't they? Obviously, it was still yeah. a tough game, but it went a bit longer. But at the same time, I guarantee you, the sharks thought they had that game in the bag. So for them to get back on the bike, um, it, it will be tough because they'll be like, we were so close. And they, you know, a couple of boys might be feeling a bit sorry for themselves and being like, oh, we were so close. We should have had the week off this week. But in saying that, they've got some really good leaders there in Dale and, and Wado and uh, Nico Hines, who will be like, come on, boys, let's get back, get back onto what we do. Let's be methodical. Let's get through our sets. Do what we've done for the whole season. And, you know, we'll, we'll win this game. But either way, boys, it, it's, yeah, it's going to be a cracker. But mm. if uh, old, uh, what, what do he call himself? Uh, Trill, the Trell's giving him the new Trill name. Milk. Trill, Trill Milk. Trill. Trill Milk. If Trill Milk turns up, <laughs> it's on, boys. It's on. There'll be another Got Milk campaign coming up, I reckon. <laughs> hey, um,
0: Josh, before we go, um, just need to shout out to you that there's a lot of love coming through for you on the text line just with your news Uh, with your um, train and trial deal with the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. Seems like a no-brainer to give Reynolds a chance at the Dogs. Burton will be out in origin period, and he'll get some games for sure. That's uh, Skip from Robertson. And uh, morning, lads. Would love to see the Prince of Belmore playing in the Dogs' side this year with number 14 on his back. No name to that one. But, Josh, a lot of love, and, look, a lot of love from us as well. It's terrific. To see you back with an opportunity to play in the NRL. You're one of the most loved figures going around. So, uh, best of luck with this uh, pre season. I know it's not going to be easy. <laughs> you might have to lay off those beers and um, be, be more in the Clarky uh, routine. Get on the vodkas, buddy. Yeah.
3: Nah, boys, I'm, I'm off them, boys.
2: Alcohol free.
3: Oh, good time, yeah, go. good, yeah, time good time to go. Good time to fade
2: out. Just, to out <laughs> just there, Josh, Sorry, Josh Reynolds joining us. <laughs> cut
0: out. <Yeah. laughs> time to go. Yeah, Hey boys. Good see you Josh. See you, buddy. Great to chat this morning. Uh, Josh hey, Reynolds joining us now, boys. Just looking at um, Danny Widler has just sent out a tweet. This is very good news for Parramatta fans up against Canberra tomorrow night. Danny Widler says, "Breaking news. This has just come through about ten minutes ago." Mitch Moses got through the captain's run last night, and according to the club, he will definitely play for the Eels. So we yeah, just spoke about with Josh Reynolds how important he is. Mm. That's positive news. That'll give them a boost, for knowing sure. that their
1: number one playmaker is ready to go and he's pulled up well. Um, Parramatta fans will be excited about that because I'm a bit like the others. I, I think without Mitch Moses, I don't know whether they can win, but with Mitch Moses, I'll be... They'll be hard to beat.
2: What about when Mitch was asked that the other day? Like, What do you expect him to say? They said, oh, can Parra win without you? He's not going <laughs> to sit there and go, no, no way can they. Can you go and tell Parramatta that when they give me my contract? Like, it's a lose lose situation. Of course he sits there and says, nah, we'll be fine. We've won games and I haven't played. But yeah. in a big game like this, Loz, you know better than anyone that you need your best players.
1: Well, you need your best your, your well, you need your player that controls everything yeah. for the team out there. Yeah. You know It's hard to win consistently if you haven't got your number one playmaker in your team. You can win games. There's no drama there. You can win games. But I don't think they'd be able to win this big game mm. without him because I think under pressure they rely a lot on him. Um, and this is the question mark that's always been there on Mitch. Can he deliver in big games? Mm. Can he deliver in the big moment? can he take his team from being a good side to a very good side? Can he take the side from being very good to a great side? This is where you get judged as a footy player Mm. in terms of where your career's at and what type of footballer you are, whether you're an elite, whether you're very good, whether you're good, whether you're – a front runner, you know. So, mm. so this is the the, the great opportunity for, for for Mitch and the Parramatta team. It's not just Mitch Moses, too, by the way. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, right. I, I think we always put pressure on the halfbacks <laughs> because they're the usually the highest. Well, you do when higher. they
2: lose. When when they lose, it seems Mitch gets blamed. When they win, it seems to be oh, Para played well. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> he just that's, co- he cops that, the criticism. That's fair
1: because I, I don't know whether their forwards did a good enough job last week against Penrith. Yeah. Well, they didn't. Yeah, oh, I didn't think. Yeah. And I think that's been one of their strengths all season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought last week they saved all their energy for the f- for the football and they didn't put enough pressure on Penrith defensively. Yeah, And that just allowed Penrith to roll through their sets, allow Cleary to kick well, and it put Parramatta under pressure. They were bringing the ball off their line all, uh, line all night mm. and they weren't going to win that game. Now, yeah. Even though they were, it was close, I never,
0: ever thought that Penrith were going to lose that game. Good morning, Gowie. Morning, fellas. Very excited about um, I guess, well, you know, I know it's very divisive, the live tour, but the more I read into it, I I get excited as an Aussie golf fan because I feel like I'm going to get to see a lot of these top quality Aussies, particularly in our backyard Mm. now, and it it really does feel like a world tour of golf. Um, Greg Norman seems to be I guess having these Aussies front of mind.
4: Yeah, he certainly does, and that's what's happened. Um, Adam Scott is not going to the live tour. Uh, He was in talks with him early on in the piece, and and it didn't, uh, you know, he he didn't like what he's seen, I guess. And and the team that he was, uh, I guess, was told that he was going to get. Cam Smith comes along; he's number two in the world, wins the Open Championships, and now he's got the Aussie team. He's got twenty five percent of that Australian team, means that franchise. So all these uh, teams are turned into franchises. So it's up to Cam Smith and his team to build that franchise up, uh, bring in players and pay the players to be there. Uh, That's the format that they've gone with.
3: Um, So no
4: Adam Scott. And supposedly on the grapevine that uh, they did offer the same management group that Cam Smith and Mark Leishman under offered Mm. Jason Day and the Shark knocked back Jason Day and said, well, you're too injured. I don't think you're going to play enough, so uh, bad luck. So yes. <laughs> Jason Day's been kicked to the curb. So expect Jason Day to have a pretty good year uh, on the US Tour this year. Uh, there's nothing like a professional athlete that, that's scorned, is there?
2: Mm. <laughs> so, Gary, tell me then, in regards to how's this going to work then if you got two players, Leishman and Smith, that, that own equity in... The team, and you're saying they they have they select who's going to play for. How does this not become personal?
4: Oh, you're right, Clarky. Yeah, how does it not become? personal? Oh my personal? god, Cam Smith is the owner of that team. Mark Leishman's not. It's just Cam. Buddy.
2: Leishman's got no equity in it at all.
4: I don't think he's got any okay. equity in it at all. So he, he'll actually be selected by uh, Cam. Cam, <laughs> yeah. So Cam will Cam's team will have to pick and think about if Liv keeps going, which I don't think it'll do. It'll be a four or five year. Thing and then we won't third live anymore. But uh, in the meantime, let's watch and you know, see what they do. But uh, he will have to pick up and coming players. So let's mm-hmm. say Mark Leishman, who's the next best player, and he's not playing so well. Um, who do you pick then? You've got to go and get a young player and tell your mate, "Hey, you're out," or even drop yourself. What happens? Kim was loses or gets
2: injured or loses form. No, that's easier. It's easier to drop mm. yourself than your mate.
4: I'm <laughs> yeah, sure it is. <laughs> oh, sure it is. So, it'll be interesting to see how it all play, uh, plays out in the end of, of of your teams and who owns what teams. Mickelson owns a team, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Koepka, Bryson Bo. They all have been offered uh, teams in there. But that's the way the Shark got uh, Cam Smith over the line. It's other than the, the money was the... Um, the equity in the company.
1: With that then, Gary, you said you don't think they'll be around in four or five years' time. So do you think this will be all over, or do you think they'll have to come together and work out a proposal to move forward um, with each other? Or do you think that Liv will just... they'll just fade out? I think they'll
4: just fade out. I think that... Well, the whole purpose of the Saudis is actually is sports washing. So we forget what they're doing this for. They've done it in other sports, they're doing it again... And they'll just have enough. They're, you know, they're, they'll be over it. Norman Will done his piece. He's interrupted World Golf. And then we'll just move on. The interesting part, world the PGA Tour in the next couple of years, will they, will they sit down at the table and talk about a world tour that is legitimately what Greg wants is a world tour. So they play in mm. all different parts of the world. They come and play a couple of times a year in Australia. They just don't stay in America. And after living in America for 15 years, the Americans don't like to travel. So that's going to be the tough, tough part for the U.S. Tour and the Live Tour is the Americans, the top American players, never like to, to travel. So will they come down here and play? And, uh, you know, the reason why is because they've got a, a big country with a lot of golf courses, yeah. and that's where it all, That's where, you know, they play the World Series of of, of baseball, don't they? No, no other country plays, but it's called the World Series. So everything happens in America.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, Gowie, the PGA Tour begins this week. It's the Fortinet Championship. A um, number of Aussies involved there. It's I wouldn't say it's the who's who of the PGA Tour uh, lining up. So the Aussies might fancy themselves a bit of a chance. Who are your picks this week?
4: Yeah, well, the, the Fortinet Championships, this is the beginning. This has been the problem that I've had with the US Tour for years. Is this is the start of season 2023. So that's why a lot of our players, including um, Harrison Endicott, this is his first ever U.S. Tour event, Ken Percy, Jason day Bads, and Ken Davis, who are all playing, they can't come back and support the Australian Tour at the end of the year because they need to try to keep their cards for the following year. So this is the beginning of 2023. But I think the interesting one for the Aussies is Harrison Endicott. He'll go in there with a lot of energy, the boy from Avondale. Um, I expect him to do well. Uh, but I think Cam Davis out of the Aussies. But um, there's not a great field here. A lot of the better players, other, Hideki, Ricky Fowler, Max Homer, uh, they're playing, uh, but they'll only play a couple of weeks and then take a few weeks off. Uh, Taylor Penrith, which is a, a Canadian guy that just got picked in the uh, in the President's Cup. Uh, he was sort of a bolter in the President's Cup because he was a captain's pick from Trevor Engelman. But he's at 20, 26 bucks. He's got to be feeling good about himself. Next mm. week, the President's Cup start. He'll want to impress his captain. Um, they're, they're out in the desert here. Well, not the desert. Napa Valley this week. And uh, it's beautiful out there. My, uh, I've gone for a rookie for an absolute smoky here. Is Justin Chu, who won on the Corn Ferry. He's come off playing well, and he lives in the area. And I think in that area, and I've played a fair bit in the Napa area there, you, you've got to be a local, you know, to... To play those golf courses, different weather conditions, different winds. Uh, the greens are a little bit different, more bent greens that are a bit bouncy. Um, so players get a little bit upset. So expect a few guys to throw a few clubs this week because the greens will be terrible.
0: Mm, gee, some nice odds there. So Taylor Pendrith, $26, and Justin Shue, $51. So some. Really good value there, Gowian. And just on the top Aussie market, we touched on a couple of them during this chat. Cam Davis, 210. Jason Day, 265. Cameron Percy, 750. Aaron Badley, $10. And Harrison Endicott, $11 for the top Aussie. You think it's going to be Cam?
4: Yeah, I think so. He's playing his way into the the President's Cup next week, which will be in Charlotte, North Carolina. So he... um, I think he's just the, the quality player. But going back to Jason day, it will be a very interesting year for Jason day, whether he really wants to play professional golf for a living or he walks away from the game. And if he starts well, I think he stays. Uh, if he doesn't start well, he, he wanders off into the wilderness and we don't see him play golf much.
0: Yeah. All right. Good luck to those Aussies and uh, the PGA Tour this week. Always a pleasure, Gowie. We'll chat soon. Thanks, fellas. Now, with footy finals fast approaching, it's time to crack open a couple of furfies with your mates and enjoy some unbelievable moments. Whether it's bearing witness to a six beer carry in a crowded pub, fitting five mates onto a three seater sofa for the game, or actually witnessing footy history unravelling on the screen in front of you, unbelievable moments pair perfectly. With a furphy. So grab a case to share with your mates this footy finals. Be part of the show, the Big Sports Breakfast, 13.53.53, Big Sports Breakfast. Let's chat to Adam Pengelly from the Sydney Morning Herald. Good morning, Adam. Morning, Ryan.
5: Morning, boys. And Loz, how, How's the wash up out of Foxy
0: yesterday? Oh, very pleased,
1: actually, Adam. Mm. Um, read exactly how we'd hoped she'd run. Um, you know, it was running on. She's like she'll. She'll she'll improve over over ground, like thirteen hundred was way too short for her. So, um, T bus was very happy, mate. T bus, <laughs> we're all just <laughs> extremely uh... very happy with how what she. Did think, her. So, what do you think, Adam? What do you think? Actually, no,
5: I thought she was good. I thought she was very good, and I, I think she's got uh, potential. Potential Oaks written all over. Her. Um, so I'm sure you'll be heading down that path and trying to get to a couple of races for the lead up
0: races.
5: Actually, you'll like
0: this this text message that came in from Mick Fennick. He said, hey, Loz, you're a good judge. Your horse ran great yesterday and has Stayer written all over it. As an owner that has luckily won a VRC Oaks back in 2016 with Lascuetti Spirit, it reminded me a lot of our first race start over 1,350 at Wyong, where we also ran third. Exciting times ahead and good luck. Do you remember Lascuetti Spirit? That was um, Lee Mm -hmm. Curtis and Brenton Abdullah. Remember, it just bolted, it bolted. out in front, yeah, and yeah. it won at a hundred to one. Yes, how
5: can you how can you ever forget that, right? Yeah, like that, that was an amazing day. And if memory serves me correctly, I reckon Usain Bolt was like the, the special guest. I the think you're right.
2: Yes, day. yes, mum. Yeah. He was yeah. with Mum, the champagne. <laughs>
0: you would know because you're probably <laughs> in there drinking it with him. I might have been.
5: <laughs> and um, he came down to the the mounting yard after the race, I was having photos with Lee Curtis and Brenton Abdullah because they'd won the feature race on the day. But I remember Brenton's celebration. That was that was amazing. Wasn't just stood up in the irons and just bowed as he went across the winning post. It was fantastic to watch.
0: Yeah, it really was. Now, obviously, we've been mourning uh, Her Majesty the Queen, uh, Queen Elizabeth, this week, and. But we've been, um, I don't know how we feel. of I don't know whether excited is the right word, but, you know, when you see some of the invitees that are going to, um, you know, memorialise the Queen, Chris Waller, we, we heard about him, but now Gay Waterhouse has also been invited to the Queen's funeral. It just really speaks to her love of racing. Yeah, it's remarkable, isn't it, Ryan? When you consider... A
5: All the different people from all different walks of life around the world that could be invited to the funeral. She invited Chris Waller, Gabe Waterhouse, and as well as David Hayes. I believe he's going across as well. The three trainers that have trained uh, horses for her in Australia. That just goes to show how passionate she was about the racing industry. They'll be invited to her her funeral and memorial service over there in the UK. So uh, that video that was doing the round earlier this week about the Queen watching one of her horses at at Royal Ascot. at a carnival going back many, many years ago, watching on the TV, then running out to the front viewing area and looking through the binoculars, just I think just perfectly encapsulated how much she, she cared and loved for horse racing. And I'd imagine for Chris, for Gay and for David Hayes next week, it's going to be quite a surreal experience. And uh, it'd be great that they're representing Australasian racing at, at the Queen's Funeral next week.
1: This George main stakes on Saturday, Adam. Is Zaki and Enemo going to clash?
5: Yeah, well, the word was earlier in this week, early in the week sorry, that that Annabelle Nation was still very much up in the air, whether she'd run Zaki in the George Main this week, and there's definitely a chance of going down to Melbourne next week to to run in the Underwood, but it looks like as the week goes on, there's more and more chance this clash is actually going to happen this week, so uh, Tommy Berry's been booked for the ride, we know that James McDonald chose Animo to ride for that George Main this week, and... All the information I was getting last night was that it's on. It's on this week. Right. so um, Which is a little bit of a surprise, because I think most people thought, oh, well, they're not going to meet now to the Cox plate now that j has chosen Animo, and Annabelle might take a different different route going down to Melbourne, but this race is definitely going to be on on the weekend. So, cannot wait for this contest. I think they want to try and chase the dry track with Zaki, and obviously he'll probably get that up here in Sydney, hopefully if the forecast stays um, good for the next 48 hours. And again, it's a race you can probably dictate. Uh, with Not a whole lot of speed drawn on paper. I'd imagine would go forward and and probably try and take up the lead and try and cross Profondo and Hinged and and dictate on his own terms and and make Animo do the chasing. So, yep, this is going to be a fascinating contest because they both went up there on Saturday.
0: Yeah, so Zaki currently 3.10 and Animo 2.10. But, you know, just as I looked at it too, you, you, you hit the nail on the head out of them. There doesn't look to be a lot of speed in the race other than Converge. The rest of them normally go back, where Zaki's probably going to be up on pace dictating. So I wonder whether we might see those odds um, swing around a bit before Saturday.
5: Yeah, well, it's a match race, isn't it, Ryan, virtually? The market's sort of nailed it down to two horses at the moment. I think Fangirl potentially could still be dangerous, but again, she's going to be spotting them a pretty big start from given her normal racing pattern. So I'd imagine that Zaki might tighten just a little bit in betting as we get closer to jump time on Saturday. I'd still probably expect Animo will will start
1: favourite. What are we expecting in the shorts, mate? Do you think Nature Strip just wins?
5: Well, not according to Chris Waller was. if you hear the comments he made yesterday saying he thinks that they might be the underdogs there on Saturday? Um, Love for, it. Love like, it. <laughs> Given that Eduardo's had a run under his belt. So, um, <laughs> listen, put it this way. I don't think Major Street's going to be completely screwed down. And, and knowing how Chris trains, he's he's got the Everest at his main target, second up. Um, he's coming back from a pretty arduous trip to the UK. So, I'd imagine there'd be just a little bit of room left for improvement. Having said that, even Major Street at 90% of his best is probably still good enough to to win a race like this. Oh, oh, as I said yesterday, boys, I'm so keen to see what they do with Eduardo from that gate, who's drawn a little bit sort of middle to wide. And, and overpass might be the fly in the open for mine. He's a horse that needs to come out and make a statement there on the weekend to try and convince slot holders to pick him up for a, for a spot in the Everest. He's drawn whitish. What does Rachel King do? Does she press the button and say, OK, we're going to go forward and try and hold on to dear life and try and run top three and, and convince the slot holders that we're worthy of, of getting a spot in a few weeks' time? I don't know. But I'd, I'd say no Strip on that inside gate. obviously go forward. Then it's up to Brenton and Rachel, what they do from those draws with Eduardo and Overpass.
0: Good stuff, Adam. Enjoy your day, mate. Thanks,
5: boys. We'll, uh, we'll chat in the morning.
0: All right. Adam Pengelly joining us from the Sydney Morning Herald. Now, thinking about your next build or renovation, Wide Line Windows and Doors has all the planning tools at your fingertips. Their website is full of inspirational ideas to make your project a success. There's advice and tips to get you started. They even have a colour selector and a window planning tool. Plus, free online quotes returned in 48 business hours. Just upload your plans or tell them what you need. It's easy. There's never been a better time to take a closer look at the Wildline Windows and Doors website. Go to www.wideline.com.au.